life. Oh, life. I don't know how you face life and I don't know what uh, happens in your life, on your journey through this life. But if you're like me, there are ups and downs. There are high moments and low moments. There is joy, there is sadness. All these things happen in your life. And my question is, how do you respond to that? This is Now Tell Us, and I'm your host, Anthony Moirore. Today, we have a guest who is going to tell us about having peace, living in peace, no matter what life throws at you. Our guest today is known as Clint Haddon, and he will be here in a moment. And just to mention, if you would like to see our past episodes or future episodes, any of the episodes, you can always hop on to nowtellus.com and you'll get them there. And we appreciate every feedback that we get from you. So as we are moving on, if you can leave us a comment, if you can ask a question, we'll appreciate uh, because we are live on different platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and others. So if you're there, welcome and tell us something or ask us something. Let's have a conversation. And now without taking one more minute, we are going to know how to live at peace despite every occurrence of your life. So let's go together and meet our guest today, Clint. Here we go. Hello, Clint. Anthony, how are you? I'm fine. Welcome to Nutella's. Oh, thank you so much. I sure appreciate being on and, and admittedly a little jealous. It's very cold here in Dallas today and you're in Greece. So I'm working my way through that. I'm trying to get peace that uh, you're there and I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm also jealous that you're in Dallas, Texas, a place that I've always <laughs> dreamt to be. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind the code or whatever weather it is, just to find myself there. <laughs> or oh, we're, we're even then. Yeah. So uh, I, I want to take this opportunity to uh, welcome also all our viewers. Uh, if you're there, we would like to know where you are and how it is where you are. Now we have Tebra here who says, oh, that's my friend. Welcome. That's to the right. Show. She's not just a friend. She is a dear friend. So yeah, she's she is the epitome of Big Bull Brave. We'll, we'll get into that later. Oh, yeah, sure. We'll get into that. So thank you, Tabra, and every other person who's out there. We appreciate you being on this show as Clint is going to tell us. Now, um, yeah, she's also in Dallas. I've just found out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tabra, I wish to be there. But let's uh, know about Clint here. Uh, were you born in Dallas, Texas, or did you just move there? No, I was not. Uh, I've been here for many, many minutes, but I was actually born in Southern California, uh, originally out of what's now called Santa Clarita, California, which is in L.A. County. 
So I was mm-hmm. born and raised there, lived about 19 years there, then spent a little over a decade in Northern California, a place called Redding, California. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is actually my second go around with Dallas, lived here a couple of times, but we've been back for uh, going on nine years now. Oh, okay. And what do you do for a living, if I may ask? I'm an author. I'm a personal development coach, uh, soon to be podcaster myself. I'm launching a podcast this year, so I'm super Ooh. excited about that. Yeah. And so those are those are the main things today. Mm, that's beautiful. And I know that you're passionate about personal development. I'm also ah, very excited when we're talking issues to do with personal development. Now, uh, we've been through some tough times, the world, all of us, uh, yeah. for the past three years or so, it's been tough and it ain't getting better. I mean, just a, a moment that we hear that things are going good and then we hear something happen there, something is starting. I mean, the world is turning into a world where sometimes it's fearful to live. But right. uh, you come here and tell us, hey, my people, have peace, have peace. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I, I would want to know much more about that. Maybe you can start us uh, from when you were growing, experiences you've had, and how peace comes to play here. Yeah, well, you know, first I want to acknowledge what you just said, Anthony, because I think that's really important, you know, mm. these last few years. And I'll, and I'll get into my more current story here in just a few moments. But, you know, I think it's it's good to acknowledge that we live in a world that people are challenged with the idea of peace and joy and and whether or not they should be optimistic versus, you know, should they be fearful and and concerned? And so, you know, that's that's part of why I'm on the mission that I'm on because I believe there's a lot of reasons to be hopeful. I believe there's a lot of reasons for people to be excited about life, and, mm-hmm. and so hopefully we'll get into some of that. But thank you for that. Uh, you know, since peace is one of the overriding topics today. I have not lived all of my 57 years in a a state of peace. You know, I would say, especially early on up until my probably 31 years old or so, uh, peace was not my friend. You know, I had Mm -hmm. a a tumultuous life. I think I had a good life. You know, I, I was born and raised in Southern California, as I said, and, you know, for the most part had what I consider to be a pretty normal childhood. Um, you know, I was an athlete, got to play a lot of sports, loved doing that. But then at the age of 12, I went through a pretty rough spot that uh, I think the first time that I could say my entire world was rocked and there was no peace for, an, you know, for a couple of years. And that was my, my parents ran into a really rough spot. They'd been married 20, uh, many of your listeners are going to be able to relate to something like this. And my dad ended up having an affair that ultimately led to him moving out. Um, this this whole sequence of events that I'm going to describe quickly lasted about two years. But he moved out. My mom, you know, that's all she knew was being married to him. They got married when she was 16 years old. And mm. he was 18, you know, post-war, Korean War kind of thing, different generation. And so she didn't take it well, you know, uh, started abusing alcohol, uh, had suicidal ideation uh, for a good chunk of that period of time, attempted to take her life a couple of times. Um, and on a couple of those occasions, it, in, it involved me directly. And, you know, I very well could have had my life taken as well. Mm. And uh, so it was, it was a very tumultuous time. So, you know, from a very early on part of life into my teens and young adult life, I couldn't even tell you. 
Mm. Peace to me at that time would have meant, oh, no war. <laughs> that's about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's all that word meant to me. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, through life, I, I had some experiences in my early 30s. Um, for me, my faith is foundational to who I am. And that's when I discovered my faith in, in God and became a Christian. So for me, that was very foundational. And that mm -hmm. was when I feel like I began a journey of even beginning to understand that one, there is something called peace that we can actually live in and mm -hmm. experience, um, but it doesn't come easy. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't come without a lot of tests along the way. Mm. Well, talking about uh, peace, and now it's uh, and, and it's good that you have uh, your faith uh, with you, and you hang on it. And I remember many incidences when people, uh, I mean, things were not going on well, even in the presence of a miracle worker. <laughs> you still go through some storms. You're still yeah. uh, uh, about to sink in the ocean, and you are with the miracle worker. So I understand it's not always roses. I mean, but you right. keep, you've got to keep the peace. So exactly go right. on, please. Yeah. And then go on. Well, you know, life punches you in the mouth for sure. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, a little disclaimer up front as we're talking about peace. Uh, I want to be, you know, candid with your listeners. Listen, I'm challenged like everybody else. Mm. And I have my moments where I'm not at peace. So nobody is perfect at this. Yeah. Um, but I've learned some things along the way where I like to use the word recalibrate, where I can go from a place of, of not having my peace and recalibrate to a place where I can have peace pretty quickly. Mm. Um, let me share if, if we can get into it now, just the more recent part of my story. Sure. Certainly, certainly the biggest, if I could say it that way, in my lifetime that mm -hmm. uh, rocked my peace beyond anything I ever could have imagined. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a father and I'm a husband of almost 20 years. I have three boys, uh, but my oldest is in heaven. And mm -hmm. what happened there was he was a remarkable young man. His name was Gabriel. Um, you know, every parent feels that way, <laughs> but he was, he was pretty extraordinary. He was brilliant from a very young age, uh, very articulate, uh, could just had strong communication, too strong of communication skills at a young age. At some points, mm -hmm. we always felt like he was going to be a lawyer or a CEO for sure. Mostly a lawyer because he liked to argue and facts didn't always get in the way. And so, <laughs> but he was just really smart, really motivated and passionate about life. He just, he mm -hmm. was. Uh, I, I've joked about it that if I were to create a t-shirt for him, right? Because everybody loves t-shirts nowadays with the saying on it, it would just simply be what's next because that's how he was. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was at a very young age, he decided he wanted to become a pilot about eight years old is when it started. And he pursued it and he never let go of it. He was excited about it until the time at 16 years old, he actually had the opportunity through a club that he was a part of called Tango 31 Aero Club to get in a plane and start flying with an instructor, uh, which ultimately led to him solo flying at 16 years old before he even had his driver's license. Mm. So that was pretty crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And so he developed that. He uh, kept training. And then at 17, he got his private pilot's license and was on his way to uh, pursue a career in aviation. And then on September 23rd, 
of 2019. He was uh, getting hours, you know, at that stage of pilot, they're, they're all, they all have this in common. And that is, you know, it's all about the hours. You're looking for every opportunity to fly as much as you can. And so he took a dear friend uh, home to the University of Arkansas, which is north of us here in Dallas, Texas, and then dropped her off safely. And on the return home, uh, about 20 minutes into it, he ran into an unexpected weather system and the NTSB, who does the investigations on this kind of thing, uh, said that they believe he suffered from what's called spatial disorientation, which simply is you think you're flying right side up, you're upside down, you think you're flying up, you're flying down. Um, you know, globally, a lot of people are familiar with, with the Kobe, uh, Kobe Bryant crash, which happened around the same time, same exact mm -hmm. thing that happened to his pilot. And he lost his life pursuing his dream. So Anthony, my piece was rocked uh, to the nth degree. There's no, there's still no way. It's been over three years ago. There's no way to describe just the the trauma, the uh, shock that so many of your listeners are familiar with when mm -hmm. you lose a loved one in a very unexpected, when you lose a loved one period, but especially when you lose one in a very unexpected way. And so, you know, our, our piece was put to, I would say, the ultimate. Mm. And so one thing I want to launch out in, and then I want to, you know, bounce back to you for a second here. I, I want to make it clear that, that I'm going to, I'm going to talk about how you can recalibrate and get back into a state of peace. But I think the most amazing thing, Anthony, that I've learned in these last few years is that you can be in great pain and still be in a state of peace. You can have to make really difficult, courageous decisions and still be at a state of peace. I think mm -hmm. a lot of times when people think of the word, they think that everything around you has to be perfect and calm and wonderful, you know, and and and, and everything's going well. And that's how you're in a state of peace. And, and mm -hmm. peace is so much greater than that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that was tough. And sorry for the loss. Thank you. Um, I have a, I've experienced, uh, I've seen many other friends also go through such, and it's not such a, a good experience. I mean, nobody would like that experience to go through that experience. Um, and I don't know what to say at this point, but let me ask, how did you go through and at what point did you become comfortable talking about this, this incident? As a parent yeah, that, who lost a young child, a young adult. Yeah, well, that's that's a true question. And it's going to tie into, you know, what we're here to talk about today. Because uh, mm -hmm. peace is a journey as well. Peace isn't a destination. Yeah. It's a journey, you know. So mm -hmm. when, when the accident happened, the very next morning, uh, we had yet to tell our two other sons, who at that time were nine and 14. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that was, is it was a very long night. You know, he went down at 8.30 p.m. our time. And we didn't get the final official word, which came from the coroner on site at the crash site, until 3.30 a.m. So it was a very, very long, um, very painful, like nightmarish kind of night. And so mm -hmm. we allowed our boys to sleep through that so they didn't have to suffer through any of that. Uh, when mm -hmm. they got up the next day, I was faced with what I consider to be one of those uh, what i call impossible conversations right how, how do you even have this this 
conversation that their brother is gone forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that, that led to me being in a position where I had to leave my family in some form or fashion, you know, and, and obviously I'm a complete wreck where we're in tremendous pain. Um, you know, we're disbelief. I call the first year of a tragedy like this, the shock and awe phase, because it, it takes at least a year of, you know, milestones and calendar dates, birthdays, special occasions, stuff like that, where you have to remind yourself, or you're, you're reminded rather over and over and over again that you no longer have this person in your life. So it's very early. And so I knew we needed a compass of some kind. And so what mm -hmm. happened was I, I looked to the boys and I looked at my bride, Amaryllis, and I said, okay, listen. Um, you know, cause I have a lot of experience helping people for many, many years. I, I was a pastor before I was, I pastored for almost 17 years up until just this last year. And mm -hmm. I've helped a lot of people, but it's different when you're going through it yourself, of course. And so mm -hmm. I said, listen, I said, as, as I see it, we have two choices mm -hmm. and, and the two choices are this, and this is going to lead into how you begin the journey of trying to find peace. I said, we can choose the rest of our lives to focus on the tragedy itself, the mm -hmm. crash, how mm -hmm. he died, um, the great lost or loss that that brings us, mm -hmm. all the things that we're going to miss. And not that we're not going to think about those things over time, but if that's our focal point for the rest of our lives, then it's, it's, we're going to become shadows of who we're created mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. We are not going to fulfill the destiny that, that we should live out because we're going to be just pieces of ourselves mm -hmm. but there's a second choice and that second choice was we are going to choose life mm -hmm. now anthony for your listeners which was is you know I, I explained a little bit about gabriel but gabriel had a zest for life he was one of those people that was always going for it and so he taught himself mm -hmm. guitar he uh, learned how how to be a photographer and we have some full professionals that were like he was amazing you know anything that he wanted to do it was like what's next i'm gonna go for it and he would accomplish it including mm -hmm. and so i told mm -hmm. the boys i said listen we are going to live the way he lived mm -hmm. so that's the only way we can honor his life if if we choose to become crippled emotionally mentally and don't live a full life then we're not honoring him at all. And so that's what we're going to do. And then the second thing was, is, you know, we didn't know what grief was going to look like. So many of your listeners have suffered great loss. You know, COVID mm -hmm. came three months after he passed. So the whole world was flipped upside down just months after his passing and, and us included. Mm -hmm. And so there's much loss, so many forms of loss, losing businesses, losing um, families, marriages over all the stress careers, you know? And so, you know, we just knew we didn't know what grief was going to look like. And so we, we made a pact, Anthony, we mm -hmm. decided together. I said, listen, we don't know from day to day or even hour to hour in the beginning stage, yeah. how our emotions are going to manifest. Mm -hmm. So we may even within one day, we may be angry. We may be sad. We may be joyful. You know, mm -hmm. we may remember some things that we did with him or that, you know, something about his personality and it makes us laugh. You know, it's all the above. And so we're going to give each other to feel everything that we need to feel. 
You mm-hmm. know, if one of us is crying or two of us are crying, we're not going to try and stop each other. Mm-hmm. We're going to allow each other to feel through that emotion. And we're going to talk about what we're going through. Mm-hmm. And so that was how we started out. And I just think, you know, and again, I want to make this very clear to your listeners, Anthony, we, we've not done this perfectly. You know, we've had bumps in the road. We've had times where we haven't executed on that plan, if I could say it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. perfectly we've had ups and downs we've had other hits you know we um we almost lost my middle son joel one year ago so two years after gabriel passed he was in a horrendous car accident mm-hmm. never walked away from it the car was completely destroyed um the emergency crew he was actually out of the car when they got there and he had one little scratch and nobody could believe it. they thought they were about to come up on a dead person you know so we've had other hits too but those two foundational things were components that helped us begin to walk out a way of how can we continue to live? How can we continue to face the life that's ahead of us and begin to experience peace, even though we're in a lot of pain? Mm. Yeah. And I have a question here, like um, uh, something I mentioned before, like, you are in a storm or you are just about to sink or drown and you are with a miracle worker. Now, you happen to have been a pastor even by the time of uh, Gabriel's passing. And there are many people who know uh, there's that uh, preaching that uh, as a Christian, you are living, you should live well. I mean, some tragedies are not coming. How do you handle that? How do you tackle that? And especially to people who don't know about your faith. About just how to handle tragedy? Yeah, how to how to respond. I mean, how suffering as a Christian, Yeah. why, why should it be? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's, and that's a really difficult question for people mm-hmm. to process an answer when they're the ones going through it mm-hmm. um, for sure. And we certainly, you know, have had a journey through that as well. Mm-hmm. Our faith tells us uh, if, if we are honest with the scriptures that there is going to be trouble in this life. Mm-hmm. And we know that life is a vapor. Um, you know, Anthony, you and I aren't guaranteed a minute after we get off of this conversation today, you know, So none of us, we all know that, you know, uh, we all know that at least, um, you know, mentally we understand that, Mm. but then when it, but then when it happens, of course, now you're faced with dealing with your spirit, with your emotions, with your, with your thoughts, all those things. And so, you know, there is a solace in knowing that God knows Mm. that you are going to suffer at times. Mm-hmm. And that if you have an active relationship with him, he's going to be in the midst of that with you. And there are other things, uh, practical things I feel like we've done that we may get into just again to recalibrate to peace. Mm-hmm. But that was that was certainly a huge part of it is that, okay. you know, we, we knew and, and this is the way I'd like to tell it to you. You know, we feel like th- there's a real relationship with God. I know mm-hmm. not everybody you know feels that way or thinks that way or believes that way. Um, Some people believe in an entity, but that he's not involved in our life. You know, for us, our belief tells us that he is involved. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, knowing that 
it was, I believe the evidence was that we were, even though we were in tremendous pain, mm-hmm. we did have a peace. We were able to function. We were mm-hmm. able to process those emotions and exchange them. And here's what I mean by that. Everything in life, when you start talking about your emotions, we all know mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. You exchange emotions all day long. You mm-hmm. do it on autopilot. Sure. You go from one to the other without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But then there are situations like where you suffer a tragedy or you're faced with a really difficult decision or you have a trouble, you know, trouble in a, a friendship or a marriage. And so now you're a little more conscious of the emotion that you're feeling, right? I'm angry at my wife or I'm hurt by what that person said and so on. Mm-hmm. And so what I discovered was is through that relationship with God, knowing he was there and just, you know, obviously we throw out the word prayer and that is confusing to some people. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand why because you see different forms of prayer. For me, prayer is just I talking to him mm-hmm. like you and I are just a conversation, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? And so I would just have a conversation with him and say, listen, I, I need your help. You know, I, I am feeling angry. I am feeling sad. I, you know, whatever was appropriate for the moment mm-hmm. and just knowing that he was there. And often I would feel like I was hearing something back that he was speaking to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely went a long, long way in remaining in a state of peace to where even though there's pain, I'm still at peace. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm confused, I'm still at peace. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you also talk about uh, giving pain a purpose. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, ultimately, that's where things led for us. Um, You know, I think when you look at any situation where there's tremendous loss, and obviously for us, it's it's our son, then you need to figure out how you're going to move on from that. Mm -hmm. And and in our case, you're not moving on from your son. You know, he's he's a a void in our life that will never be replaced. There's nothing you can exchange that for. Um, and I've told people many times, you know, I'm not even looking for the pain to go away. Mm-hmm. I think some people want that to happen. I, I'm not looking for that because mm-hmm. that pain in in the relationship with my son represents the great love that we share. So I'm not even looking for pain to go away. But in other instances, you know, we have different types of loss that does cause some temporary pain. Mm-hmm. And so I think any time that you can turn around and tell yourself a different story about what that pain is doing to you, mm-hmm. it can really cause a dramatic shift in your life. So kind of going back to this whole idea, I said early on, we don't want to focus on his death. We want to have a life philosophy. Um, very much so. That's how I feel about giving your pain a purpose. Because mm-hmm. you can turn, and in my case, what I did was and it didn't happen overnight. But eventually I started my personal development company because I was inspired by the way my son attacked life. I had not had the courage, Anthony, to step Mm -hmm. out and start that business and that speaking business. It's something I thought about for years, but I was a coward Mm -hmm. in that area of my life. I was a coward. Mm -hmm. And so I was inspired by him. And the, the way I was able to walk that out was... My pain had to have somewhere to go and it can either tell you where to go or you can tell it where to go. 
And so I began to dream about where I can tell the pain to go. And so that ultimately you know, evolved into my personal development company, my speaking, ultimately the book that I just published mm-hmm. and other ways too. We established a scholarship last year that went mm-hmm. to a student, his age of his, of his grade at that time okay. uh, that would help them pay for schooling for, for aviation, uh, mm-hmm. for a career in aviation. That's something we're going to continue to do. So there's a lot of things that you can do that can, again, it's not really to me about easing the pain as much as it is recognizing the effect pain can have on you and then telling it how to be productive, if I could say it that way. Mm. Wow. And I like the fact that you go back to exactly what was happening because you didn't divide, you didn't say, and there's a lot that we can cover in this. Uh, because I was also going to bring in the issue of uh, family, the spouse. Uh, when things happen, when things go wrong, there is usually finger pointing, some blame game, and and this could have happened. I don't know, and you can tell us this, and that, uh, and how you kept it, kept going with the relationship. Now married for twenty years and over. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, to to what you just said, that happens all the time. It happens every day. And, and it's it's devastating to those marriages and to those families. And that's why a lot of times it doesn't end well. You know, um, for us, there's a very simple reason and not everybody's going to be able to digest the way I say this, mm. but there's a very simple reason why that is one thing that we have not had to battle between the two of us. Now we've had a lot of very courageous conversations. We've had other things we've talked about where we're not always in agreement. We have to work through that. But as far as, you know, losing Gabriel and where there may be blame or not blame and that kind of stuff, you know, Anthony, when he was 14, a freshman in high school, when he, you know, really started to get some momentum of pursuing flying, Mm -hmm. he had joined that club. I described a little bit ago at 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that it was coming upon us really rapidly, that there was a possibility that mm-hmm. he would want to actually get in a plane, <laughs> you know, because yeah. from 14 to 16, it was all just about working on parts and learning how to uh, do maintenance on an aircraft and things like that. Mm-hmm. So then when it came time, we were faced with the same decision that every single human being on planet Earth is faced with for themselves and what you face as a parent. And that is fear is coming for you. Fear is coming for you. There's Mm -hmm. a form of fear that wants to either take you out or keep you off track from living your dreams. Mm -hmm. So Gabriel's dream was to fly. Mm -hmm. It's what he wanted to do. And so we were even asked in that early stage when he was getting close to getting in a plane. And then after he had soloed, you know, do you guys ever have fear? Do you guys ever worry about it? You know? And of course the honest answer is, Of course, (laughs) you know, fear did try to come against Mm -hmm. us, Mm -hmm. but we had to crush fear. We had to eat it for breakfast, Anthony. Mm -hmm. We really did. It was his dream. Yeah. What more on this planet do any of us as parents want for our kids, but for an opportunity for them to live their dream? Yeah. So we, he chose, he chose courage over Mm -hmm. fear. 
You know, mm-hmm. when he got in that plane, I can't imagine. I mean, I've never done. I can't imagine what he must have felt getting in that plane for the first time with an instructor, let alone once he got in that thing. And I'll never forget the day we watched him go up for the first time by himself. That mm-hmm. took courage. So we had to have courage mm-hmm. to allow him to chase his dream. So now you fast forward and it his story ends in tragedy. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's got to be listeners out there right now that are thinking, gosh, it's so I bet you would go back and change everything or it wasn't worth it or whatever you could come up with. Mm. And the answer to that, which is, this is the reason why we didn't have to battle each other over blame Mm. is that would be revisionist history. It would change everything about how we came to that decision to begin with, how Gabriel came to that decision to chase his dream and that he was executing on living that dream. Mm. We, we, we refuse to be revisionist. So there's no one to blame. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no reason for us to have strife over that. Mm-hmm. We chose to live his dream and I would do it again tomorrow. Mm. Wow. And now you took a, an incident, you took a, a tragedy and went back to helping people. You are paying for college, for a school, for a student that was in his grade. And you are coming here to uh, inspire people, maybe help people walk through or walk from that uh, binding uh, experiences, that uh, experiences that they've been through and come out shining. Now, uh, would you tell us how you work with people presently and uh, how they can reach you because um, it, it, it's a time that people need some support. Yeah, which which is why I wrote the book. You know, I, I wrote the book called Big Bull Brave, mm-hmm. uh, How to Live Courageously in a Risky World. And just really quick for your listeners, so, so that part makes sense to them. Big Bull Brave was a phrase that I used during a television interview shortly after his death. You know, it was it was a big story because of his age. And so we were asked if we would do an interview on it. And the reason we did was because they were going to do a story one way or another. And mm-hmm. so it was either going to be about his death and that's it, or mm-hmm. it was going to be about how he lived. So we chose to do that. And in that, this phrase came out that he lived big, bold, brave. Mm-hmm. And so later on, you know, years later is when the development company, I began to form it. So I called it big, bold, brave. And then the, the book that I came out with recently, the title was just kind of a no brainer. And so, uh, so that's, you know, one of the ways that I want to reach the planet and want to help people is mm-hmm. this book, Big Bull Brave, is it's it's not a typical grieving book. Um, and I and I don't mean that um, in any comparison to any other book in that regard. What I mean by that is just simply it does cover some of the processes, mindset, some of which I just described to you, and there's other that have helped us in life in general and some other stories and things that we've, you know, some of the other bumps and bruises along the way, but it also points people towards making courageous decisions, you know, being willing to take ownership of your life and why it is where it is. Cause no one, no one besides you is going to be the one who can make a change to lead you towards what you really want out of life. And so it's a lot of that. It's a fee book, if you, if you will. And mm-hmm. so that's why I wrote, and, you know, I, I 
for people to connect with me is just go to the website, bigboldbrave.us. There they can find the uh, book itself. Uh, There's a really cool book trailer video that they can see and and hear a little bit more of the story with Gabriel. They'll get to see his face. He was a pretty good looking young man, if I may say. And then along with that, all, all of our social media platforms are there as well. So people can connect with that. But ultimately, you know, the way I help people is I, I do do some one-on-one coaching, but right now I'm entering more into the corporate speaking space because I want to reach a broader audience. I, I really want to be able to reach people at um, and, and just message of, of real life, but in purpose and and healing and peace that that you can have it all even though life is going to have its ups and downs mm. that's uh, good of you to do that to just give back to the society help give them hope and uh, once again that's www.bigboldbrave.us uh, hope on there and connect with clint get the book and um, if you're going through something reach out to him and ask him for a hand because we are here for one another so he could guide you through the valley walk you walk with you and uh, come out smiling like he's smiling today (laughs) yeah thank you anthony and let me say this real quick for your international listeners this way right now the book i'm doing my official launch on february 1st which this may not even well this is live but um it's so it's coming but the book is available everywhere books are sold online so if you have an international listener they can easily just go there to buy the book but please do go to my website even if you live in greece and connect with me i've got some really new projects exciting things are going to happen in 2023 that i'd love to keep you connected with yeah, thank you very much, uh, Clint. It's such an honor to have had you in this episode. We appreciate it. was my honor talking with you today, Anthony. Thank you so much. Yeah, this has been Now Tell Us, and uh, we were talking of the fact that you can live at peace no matter what life throws at you. Our guest today has been Clint Hutton. But before we go, we'd like uh, Clint to leave us with a few words that we should always remember. Yeah, I, w- I would be glad to. Uh, and I do want to say quickly, too, there's there's an entire uh, chapter that's dedicated to peace that has a lot more practical tools as well. So I want to point that out as well. But yeah. I, I, what I want to share with you to finish this off is, Anthony, I believe three things about every human on the planet. Mm-hmm. Those three things are, I believe every human on the planet was created to be courageous. I think we have courage already in us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it needs to be extracted. Sometimes you need help. You may need a coach, a friend, you know, a pastor, a confidant, but courage is in you. The second thing is I believe we are all created with a creative genius. There's something inside of every one of your listeners that brings value to this world. There's no exception. Mm-hmm. And again, Sometimes you need help bringing that out, but I guarantee you have it in you. And then the third thing, and this is to me what's so important about living a big, bold, brave life, and that is you have the ability to be compassionate. There's nothing like success when it involves 
helping and serving other people. And so everybody listening to this has all three of those things. And I just encourage you to grow in those. Yes, go and throw those and grow those in your own life. Be someone of value in your society, no matter what life throws at you and give back to the society. And uh, mention Clint. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> so that has been it. Uh, this has been Now Tell Us. I've been your host, Anthony Morore. And together with our guest, Clint Hatton, we are saying bye for now. Bye-bye, everybody. Yeah.